But if you learn to embrace the process and take pride in the process, that's when you see the growth. But the process is ugly, the process is hard, and it takes consistency. And that's what I feel is the biggest fear for a lot of individuals. I think the more transparent we can be with our children, I do think that we can walk the walk ahead of them to show them that, yeah, absolutely, we've made mistakes, we've made wrong calls. But in the end, we've learned from that and we've grown stronger. And because of that, that's why you see the confident person you do now. Welcome to the Generation Youth Podcast, where we ignite the future by empowering our youth. I'm James McLamb, your host, founder, and CEO of Generation Youth, and the author of the best-selling book, Tomorrow's Youth. Whether you're a parent, an educator, youth pastor, or coach, join us as we dive into the pressing issues facing our young people today. Together, we'll unlock the strategies, insights, and inspiration to elevate and equip our next generation. Stay with us. And let's make a difference, one youth at a time. Welcome to the Generation Youth Podcast. I am your host, James McLamb. Welcome back again to another exciting show. And today, hey, listen, if you've been a part of our last Igniting the Next Generation Summit, then you saw these two guys. They rocked it more than anyone I've ever seen. And I'm really excited to have my new friends, Phil and Matt with me today. Guys, welcome to our show. Oh, what a wonderful introduction. Thank you so much for having us. We are excited. We are pumped. We are ready. Phil was just caught doing sprints up and down his block in preparation for the interview. I've been doing just more, not real push-ups, but like wall push-ups. I'm still trying to get some more upper body, but we are excited to be here. We are M&P presentations. Matt and Phil from the southwest side of Chicago, Illinois, public speakers by evening, educators by day. We've been going around this beautiful country for over 10 years, lifting up and empowering young adults and adults with our message of the ordinary being extraordinary. And Phil, we actually like to say that we are cultivators of confidence. But enough about me, Phil. I'm Matt. Let's hear about you, you sweet thing. Thanks, brother. Yes, we are the cultivators of confidence, the promoters of positivity. My name is Phil Januszewski. I'm a 19-year high school teacher, physics and chemistry by day and by night, as Matt said, we're youth speakers that love to develop and cultivate confidence in young adults. A lot to talk about. James, we are thrilled to be here. Matt, what do you do? Because you're not quite a teacher, but you're very important to the high school setting. I am a high school counselor. I am very proud of that position, Phil. And I like to say that it is the best job in education when you use your time wisely and effectively. And I love my job, and I feel like being a speaker makes me a better counselor, and being a counselor makes me a better speaker. So we are just checking all the boxes tonight. Super excited to be here, James, and just honored to celebrate the night with you, my friend. You know, before we jump into the, kind of the meat of it, I just thought, how did you two connect? How did you get together? Because you're not at the same school. Am I right on that? So how, how did it? How did you? How did this happen? Yes, yes, we are at the same school, James. Oh, you are? And oh. We are, we are. And our speaking wow, journey. Oh, my gosh. There's some just, excitement uh, yeah. in that school. <laughs> we, uh, we had the honor of uh, chaperoning a school event about 10 years ago, and they were looking for in house speakers. So they were looking for two teachers who had something to talk about for an hour. Phil and I each volunteered. 
not really knowing each other too well, but knowing that we each had a passion for public speaking. And we started prepping our mission, our message, and realized that even though we were just coworkers, not really friends at the time, we had very similar missions and very similar morals and just outlook on life. And we took what we thought was a very ordinary presentation, turned it into something extraordinary, and then the rest is history. We recorded our very first presentation, mailed it out to different school districts across Illinois on DVD, James, as a matter of fact, and uh, the rest is history. And now we're lucky enough to speak to wonderful people like you tonight. Don't don't say DVD like that makes you old, because when I first did it, it was VHS. So please, <laughs> you know, don't say, well, I'm no person and I did DVD. <laughs> <laughs> I did VHS and I was very close to real. I mean, because of the, the five millimeter and the nine millimeter reel. So come on. I got you, James. I got you. No, I and I respect a good VHS and and I know Phil does too. So a major shout out to our VHS population too. Sound of music, I believe, is three VHS tapes, guys. That's how that's how long that one is. Wow. That's in the Titanic category. That was a double as well. That was a double VHS. That was up there. What I love really about the presentation that you guys did on igniting the summit was your focus on that why not mentality and how that you brought the energy and encouragement to the young people that heard it. I personally was able to witness in my area as my wife is a cheerleading coach and was able to get some, some of the girls to watch it. I shared some of that uh, footage with you guys and saw their lights go on in their eyes as they were watching those things. Why is this why not? Why was that the message that you wanted to bring? Why is it an important problem that you wanted to address? What what motivated you to say, hey, we got we got 10 minutes. What we're going to talk about, let's go with this. I think that the why not mentality, when Matt and I look back on growing up junior high, high school, and now we look to us, I'm almost 41. Matt, I have no idea how you are. How old are you? 37. 37. Matt's 37. But we look back on the things that we got involved with and the healthy risks we took at a younger age, whether that's sports, clubs, volunteering, getting involved, doing stuff with our parents, maybe volunteering at a church, whatever it is. All those little things we realized started shaping us into the humans that we are today. The reason I or ended up trying out for something called the variety show in high school ended up getting me on a stage. It ended up getting me to grab a microphone. I ended up working with adults and professionals who taught me how to be a more confident public speaker, never realizing that I was slowly developing these little skills and twists that would lead me to not only becoming a better educator, a better speaker, but then eventually leading to becoming a professional speaker. So we thought it was really important when talking to youth to have the idea of why not? Why not if it's something that's interesting to you, that puts yourself out there, that's a healthy risk, that isn't dangerous, but could potentially lead to new experiences and new skills. Why not put yourself out there and try that? Because the only thing that you have to risk is maybe failure. Maybe maybe it doesn't go as well as you want it. But more likely than not, you're going to end up developing experience and as Matt likes to say, to callous your mind, to step out of your comfort zone and slowly build up this repertoire, this tool belt, whatever you want to call it, of experiences that's going to allow you to take more healthy risks and really experience life even more fully as you get older. Matt, what would you say to that, man? And Phil, you hit it right on the head. And James, we're not asking our audience and our participants to 
become the jack of all trades and learn all these new things and do these new things, the one thing we're asking them to master is to get comfortable in uncomfortable yet healthy situations. Take a healthy risk, no matter how small, no matter how big. It's not about learning new skill sets and being the master of a certain trade or whatever the case is. It's about doing something that you were always maybe on the fence about doing, but taking that healthy risk, being comfortable with failure and being comfortable in your own skin is a process. But Phil, you hit it right on the head. I loved it. Thanks, man. I was thinking about when you you guys were sharing about my years in the classroom as well as, as I could identify those youth that had those students that had those skills, those talents. And I saw, Oh, you could do this, but there was such hesitancy on them. What have you seen in the, in the youth that you've been able to work with that, you know, really promoted you to want to have this kind of uh, why not mentality, uh, topic with them? Well, James, we first, when we first started presenting, we always felt like our message was going to be the major activity or topic that hits home with an audience. But Phil, correct me if I'm wrong, we quickly realized it turned into the power of why not and providing opportunities for members of our audience to step up in front of their entire audience and do something uncomfortable or awkward in a fun competition. And Phil and I quickly realized that's where that why not came from. As as powerful as our message is, what it boiled down to was promoting our audience members to get up and do something uncomfortable in that spot without any preparation, getting uncomfortable, that led to the truly ripple effects. Wouldn't you say, Phil? Yeah, I agree. And then when we look at youth in general, the youth that we come in contact with every day, And James, you wholeheartedly know that too. They have so much potential buried inside of them. And a lot of them are either busy, distracted, or maybe lack the confidence to take that next healthy step, whether it is join that club, whether it is do some community service and work at help at a food shelter. But by being a little bit more in tune with the fact that, yeah, I can do things out of my comfort zone. I should try new things that interests me a little bit just to see if I even like them. The more we can do that and make that more of a normal thing and and a habit, I think it only, again, can benefit us. It can give us those experiences. And I think, and Matt, you would probably see it too. When we see juniors and seniors that are on their way thinking about college or trades, the ones that have had a lot of experiences with their parents in the community, their social skills, their confidence, their stories, they just seem more vibrant because of those experiences. And I think they're like Legos, you know, they're building on top of each other. And from that, I think they're more ready, resilient and prepared for whatever is next out of high school. So if we can encourage that starting at a younger age, we meaning educators, parents, community centers, religious centers, whatever, if we can encourage kids to start doing that younger, by the time they do reach that 17, 18 year old mark, you're going to find a lot more people that are comfortable with who they are, knowing that they've done things that maybe they weren't great at, but have gotten better at. And those reps and experiences are going to really allow them to hopefully see all the open doors in front of them and not be afraid to walk through some of those doors. That's deep. I'm thinking about the opportunity to help promote them to go and to find their potential, to find their purpose in that, uh, to have the, the, the confidence to do that. But we know that courage has to come before confidence. Before you can get that confidence, you have to have the courage to try. And there's so much that is keeping them from doing that, that fear of failure. 
All right, let, let's talk first to parents and, and adults that are working with them. How can they help encourage this why not mentality, help them have the courage? My wife works with middle school girls, and if there's ever a group of people who have problems with comp courage, it is middle, well, it's middle schools in general, but middle school girls more than anything. How do we help them take that step forward? So that they know, you know, and then they become confident in what they can do or even confident in trying, you know, give them that courage to take that first step. Absolutely. And Phil and I always say that developing this mindset is like planting a seed and basically watering it year after year after year or experience after experience. And when we're talking about, I don't care if it's a junior high or a high school student, it comes into taking small steps. And I feel like for a lot of young adults, even for adults, it's as small as, hey, when you're at the grocery store and you're checking out, make sure that you're speaking to the employee who's helping you, making sure that you're making direct eye contact. Next step would be, why not look to do a group outing for community service? Are you giving back to your community? Do reflection pieces on that. What did you like about it? What made you feel uncomfortable? Uh, on top of that, if you go to a restaurant, make sure that your child is the one placing the order, talking to the waiter, talking to the waitress, getting uncomfortable in those social situations that maybe we aren't necessarily used to or trained to. Uh, Phil and I truly feel that it's not about taking a massive step of saying, Okay, you're going to join the uh, debate team. We want you to give a speech in front of 200 people in a week. No, 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 no. Plant that seed of small growth and steps because those ripples will lead to waves of change for when they get older into high school and potentially into college or the workforce as well. Yeah, I'd say the reps definitely matter, Matt. And then also as parents, sometimes we forget that we should be sharing our failures with our kids. We should be open and transparent to the fact that We've tried things that haven't worked out. We have put ourselves out there and been rejected. And I think as parents, sometimes we always want to give our best self to them, to, you know, we're role models. We want to set the bar to where we want them to work towards and hopefully surpass us. But it's also important to have those tough conversations that, yeah, you know, I've tried this. I've fallen flat on my face or, you know, I'm, I'm almost 41. I, we have a very comfortable life now. But that's because, you know, we've been working, your mom and I have been working for 19, 20 something years to get to this. This isn't something that happens overnight. It takes some risk. It takes putting yourself out there. It takes trying new jobs. So I think the more transparent we can be with our children, I do think that we can walk the walk ahead of them to show them that, yeah, absolutely, we've made mistakes, we've made wrong calls, but in the end, we've learned from that and we've grown stronger. And because of that, that's why you see the confident person you do now. So it starts from somewhere. That's a powerful statement because our children and the youth that we work with can see our success is very evident. We really don't have to tell them if we're good at something or if we are well at something. They can see that. But so often people want to do what you just said. Parents want to do what you said. They want to highlight their accomplishments, thinking that will inspire them when it may not. It may not inspire them at all. It might you know, inhibit them in some way. I can't do as well as dad did playing ball. I can't do as well as mom did on the stage. So by doing what you're saying, Phil, is giving them the journey, the backstory of the journey, the times that you you know, failed, the times that you did not succeed, the times that um, you, know, you did not win. 
and, and how bad it was is going to give them a little bit more of a of a thing to say, hey, they made it through that. I can make it through that. And maybe I can, you know, reach what it is. So I love that. That's powerful. Thank you. I think failing with grace is something that we don't often do right. We can hide it. Quick story. I got a really lucky chance to go on a baking show on Netflix and the winner could win $10,000. Now my kids were super excited. They wanted me to win that money. And James, I told him, I'm going to give him my all. And I did. I gave him my all and I ended up not winning. And when I came home and I told him I didn't win, I told him how much fun I had, how hard I tried. I would do it all over again. But I taught him how to, you know, sometimes you do, no matter how hard you try, sometimes it just might not work out. So I tried to show them, hey, I failed, fell flat on my face with grace. And I'm, I'm still happy about it. It was an experience that I'm super grateful for. So I think that, again, parents, we can model that. And when we do fail, we have to think about, ooh, how do we handle that in front of our kids? And I'm not saying I'm a perfect parent by any means. I have definitely blown up out of proportion, pouted about my failures at times, but being more open about that and maybe saying, hey, this is how I could have handled it better, again, can teach them that things don't always go perfectly. We just sometimes as parents try to hide the things that aren't perfect. And James, it's it's very funny too, because Phil compares this to his Netflix situation. And I have two little boys who are five and four years old. And Phil, it's funny, our conversation is going this way into the why not and being transparent about fa failures, because my boys know every time when they go down for a nap, dad goes for a run. And they know that when they're up and on, on these weekends, maybe dad goes for a race. And every single time that I come home, I said, boys, guess what? I'm like, daddy lost again. But then it's almost like it's turning into a joke in our house because dad never wins first place in a race. But daddy's still going to go back to that race because it makes him feel like the best version of himself. But we lost. It's OK. But it's so funny that um, when you start training that mind, it's almost comedic now in our house. Like, oh. Dad's going to another race again. I bet your dad's going to lose that race. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's showing that you could still do something that you love, even though you're not the best at it. And that is so powerful for a young mind to comprehend. I think to share, you know, relating back to why not, it's just sharing our fears that we encounter. Mm. And that's been one of the more powerful things that I've done with my youngest. I, I have three and my youngest is 13 and is sharing with her how I was so scared to try things when I was her age, that it, you know, it was one of those things where I, I really felt like, oh, I can do a better job than everybody around me, but I did not have the courage to take that first step. Why not try? Why not try to do that things? And it really was only until a teacher in high school, well, four teachers exactly, uh, looked at me and they, I, I would always think they have somebody has finally seen what I've known about myself all along. <laughs> finally, I've met somebody wise enough to see this. I mean, that was what I was thinking as a 14 year old. I have finally met a brilliant teacher. They have seen what I have known all along. But in reality, they were just trying to pull out of me those things. And I wish I'd have had that. So explaining to that to her has given her permission in her mind to try when she might not want to have tried before. Absolutely. Um, to try, uh, try dancing at this thing or tumbling or cheering. or And that your thoughts are, her thoughts are completely natural. I mean that you can doubt, doubting yourself, questioning your abilities. I, absolutely. And everything we do for the first time, that's the worst we're ever going to be at it. So when Matt and I look back now, 
almost 11 years ago to our first presentation, I mean, man, we cringe. We we were doing the absolute best we could. We were having a great time, but oh, like just Terrible. our style, the dad jokes. It was just, it was rough. But again, if you don't look back at your five-year before self and don't cringe a little bit, like maybe, maybe you aren't really growing. Maybe you aren't really pushing yourself and putting yourself out there. So I think that's good to talk about too. Kids want to play guitar. Well, you're not going to be Eddie Van Halen tomorrow. You know, you got you got to start with I don't know what smoke on the water or something simple. Like you can't. You're not going to just start shredding on day one. And I think again, like you said, James, we see the end result of these amazing people online on television, but people don't see the years of practice, the years of focus and dedication and hardships too they they push through hard times we forget that and the brain does a bad job of sifting through that we look at the end result so again reminding our kids our students of that and that even eddie van halen had to have the why not moment you know he had to start why not i'm gonna pick up the car guitar i'm gonna see how it goes everybody has to start somewhere yeah you said when you were talking about they see the end result i do think that's probably the advent of social media and the way it's involved in our lives now, especially youth lives has hurt them in somewhat in that. Why not? For some, maybe it gave them that crazy. Why not? Why not try this stupid prank over here? You know, that I'm so I can get on. But for some, they see that success, the joys, the accolades, and they're like, I never can do that. So there's no reason for me to try. And they don't see all the back. So it's, it's helped and it's hurt. It's, well, it may have hurt in two ways. It's hurt some folks inhibit them, and it maybe it's hurt some and given them uh, an idea to try something that was just too stupid to do. So <laughs> social media may be hurting them as well. For sure. That is tough. That is tough, too, to see someone in their chapter 30 of their life, and you're in chapter one, and it, like 30 is so far away. So some people, you're right, might just say, oh, I'll never get there forgetting that that person took 10, 15 years to get there. So yeah. patience is part of that. Why not too? If you want to get better, you've got to start and you've got to give yourself time. And James, as you were saying with that end result, whether you're a teenager or a young adult, especially on social media, people are always looking at the end result and what's been lost throughout this whole journey is that people have not found the love of the process. And I feel if people find and discover the love of the process of getting to where you want to go to, then you're always going to be climbing uphill. But if you learn to embrace the process and take pride in the process, that's when you see the growth. But the process is ugly, the process is hard, and it takes consistency. And that's what I feel is the biggest fear for a lot of individuals. Mm. I love that, of enjoying the process to get there. What was it that I heard someone say, overnight successes normally take about a decade? <laughs> yes. Um, oh, and you guys mentioned about your dad joke stuff. This made me think of this. So I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. I saw a study recently, I think it came out of England, that said that dad, uh, dad jokes build resiliency in their children. That the continual telling of dad jokes builds resiliency in a child that they learn to accept the awkwardness of the moment and in <laughs> and in a in a very warm and growth atmosphere, a loving atmosphere. I love it. So that when those other types say, so uh, my daughter, my oldest, who's twenty three, and she's a teacher as well. She uh, bought me a dad joke of the day calendar. Nice uh, for for Christmas, which. The youngest has now since said to her several times, I just want you to know 
I hate you. Dad's telling me a dad joke every single night. They're great. They're great. A, My kids are going to be super resilient then because I tell a lot of them. Well, you know, it, it's those little things that we as adults can do to help them to, to build them. It's not it's not like one big activity. It is it is those little things like like Matt, you said earlier, the, the repetition it, It's those small steps of pouring into them that really helps build them and make them who they can be more than it is one big event or one class or one book. For sure. You know, those may be the sparks, but they're not going to build. Right, right. It's all about that process and just uh, a proper exposure to uncomfortable, healthy situations builds that resilience. I would say, Matt, I would say that that process we embraced with this speaking journey, we were just two guys that were really having fun putting ourselves out there. We thought we had an important message, but we're just open to working with other groups and had a blast with it. And I think when you're having fun at what you do and you care about it, and as you said, Matt, consistent, we slowly got better and better at public speaking. We slowly got more and more of the brand we were meant to be. And because of that, I think, you know, some, some success followed where people, we became very credible. We became well-known. We became the guys who have energy with meaning. And again, that, that didn't happen overnight. Right. So I think our story as a business alone proves why why not was a good thing for us. Absolutely. And, and if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I, you know, I have no desire to start a public speaking journey, but the whole foundation remains the same. If you want something bad enough, if you're organic or authentic and genuine about your mission to achieve that, and if you're consistent with the process, things will work out. I mean, it's a guarantee. Like You just have to stick to what you believe in and what you're authentic with. Trust the process. Enjoy the process. Be authentic. And for Phil and I, it was the world of public speaking. But for other people, it could be other creative outlets. It could be nutrition. It could be fitness. It could be all the above. But when you're authentic and genuine about your mission, you're genuine about it, and you're consistent, Phil and I have found great amounts of success personally and professionally because of it. I love this why not as well, because not only does it create a growth mindset in them and you know gets them out of that fixed mindset to use the terminology that is so often in, in the world that we live in, but it also attacks all three of the major issues that we at Generation Youth have seen youth struggle with. We we interviewed over 2,500 youth, asked them what their biggest problem was, and then found three general themes. The biggest one, almost 87% of all of them said something to do with their self-image. So self-image was the biggest one. And one of the most common answers, ever how it was phrased or, or verbalized, it, it didn't make a difference, was, I, I, I don't feel like I can do anything. I don't feel like I'm a, I can be successful. I'm a failure. Those types of things. And so this embracing this can help propel that in such a way that it that brings me a lot of excitement to think because we know that understanding who you are and feeling comfortable with who you are is, is going to be the foundation for you being able to go forward. Um, and even the other two things, you know, relationships and, and goal setting and purpose, this fits so well in there. Um you know, why not ask that person to be my friend? Why not try to achieve that goal? You know, why not? I love it. I love it. All those. You guys do anything like 
with the students at your school? Do you have a why not program there? Putting you on the spot. You're going to look at each other and say, no, we don't. Well, thanks for making us feel that way, James. You yeah. dummy. Uh, but no, I would say from a professional standpoint, I'm always uh, very self-deprecating and honest with high school stories that I've been through, classes that I've struggled in, friendships that have fallen apart, so awkward, embarrassing moments. I, I want my students to know that I am not here and they are here. I was once in their position and I've faced failures. I've had some success along the way, but I feel like I'm the best version of myself now at the age of 37 because I've accepted those failures and I feel very comfortable speaking on it. And I feel like students are natural BS detectors and they will know if you're being genuine or sincere. And uh, I feel like my authenticity and the way that I address these conversations, I like to think makes me somewhat relatable when we have those tougher conversations that students know that my intentions are there. But to answer your questions, James, James, my why not goes back to a lot of uh, true self-deprecation and authentic stories that I encountered in high school that hopefully they could relate to. Yeah, I would say that I'm pretty transparent with my students on my failures, including when like me as a teacher, the, the whole lesson went wrong that day. Like, man, I can't believe I'm still have a job today. We bombed this today, guys. Let's <laughs> let's lick our wounds and come back tomorrow and we'll do it again. Or I'll let them know when I screwed up as a parent and felt like, oh man, I did not handle that well. And I think they laugh because it's kind of funny to see a grown adult admit their their failures and bombs in real life, present time. But I also am hoping that that's letting them know I am human. I'm never ever going to say that I'm perfect or that I've got everything figured out because you never will be perfect and have everything figured out. But you can always keep approaching, keep attacking. And I think by them knowing that, that I'm genuine and like Matt said, we're just we're just coming at them from a real perspective and self-deprecation and sarcasm does go a long way with teens, Matt. I would agree with that. That uh, tends to be pretty good. So I agree, though, that hopefully by my modeling that I'm okay with failure and can can openly accept that and then figure out a way to learn and push forward. I hope that that's encouraging them to do the same. You know, I didn't know it was going to go in this direction, but as we're talking about authenticity being a, such an essential part of teaching this concept of why not, I, I think about, I was not authentic my first day introducing myself to my first class. I, I probably every teacher, I don't, any first year, first day teacher is authentic because they feel like they have to present themselves. And when I look at the success of my students over the decade that I was in the classroom, th it grew the more that I began to, and I didn't know I was accepting this until now, and I look back on it, this is what I was doing. It, the more that I became more authentic in who I was and admitting my failures and, and being able to share them and, and being able to express those types of things, my I, I think when I got finished teaching, I thought it was because I was getting better teacher, but it may have been because I was getting more authentic. So. Uh, hmm. You guys been you guys did a coaching session for me right now, and I didn't even know it. So, uh. <laughs> when you're vulnerable too, right? You have to be confident and vulnerable to admit your faults. And when you do that to an audience, whether that's a classroom, a big stadium, or you know, or like Matt one on one in his office as a guidance counselor, uh, those walls come down, and you literally, you know, put your palms out and say again, "I'm I'm human. I'm doing my best." And I think there's a human connection there that that person can drop their guard too and be a little bit more vulnerable. And that allows for 
more human connection, more buy-in, and then more support to each other. You know, Matt, when you were talking earlier, you were talking about repetition and trying things like being a part of it. And it made me think about, you know, these are good first steps for young people as they're starting to build their courage to step forward in this world. Are there any other things that we can give our audience advice? If there is a young person that is stuck with us for 30 minutes and is listening to this, they're obviously sitting on their pins and needles right now and wanting to you know, hear more advice. So what can we give them to help them get started? Maybe step one, step two, what can we say to them? For sure. Step one, I would say is when you are at home and with your family, guardians, loved ones, unplug and communicate. Step one is just being present in the moment. Discuss your day. Discuss what went well. Discuss what didn't uh, go well. I feel like the more comfortable you are in communicating how you're feeling and why you're feeling it, once again, step in the right direction. They could sometimes be uncomfortable conversations, but they're powerful conversations. So try to unplug, try to be present, and try to address the things that are on your mind from the day. So like Phil and I always say, these are not huge asks but they will create positive ripples as we go forward. I love that. And then Phil and I always say that when it comes down to self-care, we rely on a few different S's, if you will. And this is something that I take very seriously in terms of self-care and feeling like the best version of yourself, no matter the age. Number, uh, The first S is going to be sleep, making sure that you're getting the proper amount of sleep each night. Number two, making sure that you're showering and making sure that you're dressing like the best version of you, hygiene. Next up then would be getting your steps. Even if you're taking a walk outside, maybe you're uh, going on the treadmill, something small. And then last but not least, we say the other last S would be for a salad or some sort of clean eating. And when you check those boxes of sleep, salad, steps, and uh, you truly do feel like the best version of you, which then would make you more comfortable in taking uncomfortable risks. Wow. When you go upstream, when you think upstream, sometimes people just are in survival mode and they're never, they're not ready to go for why not. They're just putting fires out and simply trying to survive. So if that's the case where you just feel like you're stuck and just barely making it through the day, sometimes you have to look a little further upstream and think, am I as Matt just said, right? Those S's, sleep, shower, salad, and steps, you know, it's a, it just all those things. If everybody got that more so, I think they'd feel more resilient and also more energized and willing to jump on a little bit more of those opportunities that present itself. I think that's huge. And that helps them get out of that survival mode because there's four S's that Mr. Ziegler used to talk about, taking folks from survival to stability, from stability to success, and then from success to significance. And and being able to do those four S's gets you out of that first one that he talked about. Yes. And James, wouldn't you say it just feels so much better being ahead of the game? And, and we feel like following those four different steps, it's not rocket science and it doesn't cost any money. It's basically all within our control. These are little steps that we could take every day to feel like a better version of ourselves and more prepared to tackle the next day. I'm going to steal that. Something that I do uh, <laughs> with uh, bedtime with my eight-year-old daughter is we always go through, hey, what's one thing you're grateful for today, which is nice to prime the brain, but also what was something difficult today? or that you failed with or didn't do well with? And what did you learn from it? And that usually takes longer for them to figure out because they try to block that out, right? It's easy to think of the good stuff sometimes, especially an eight-year-old. There's a lot of good stuff going on. But 
you know, you kind of coach and then she'll go, I don't know, what was something you did, you know? And then I'm like, well, I got plenty. How much time you got? I failed a lot today. So, but again, kind of priming the brain into the idea that no matter what, even the most perfect day, there's going to be things that you learn the hard way or didn't go quite right. And that's okay. That's normal. It, we don't want perfection. And when we can be more primed for that, again, I think we'll be way more willing to take some healthy risks. So as we kind of wrap this up, what would be your final challenge or statement or, or message that you guys would want to give to the Generation Youth audience that's hanging with us? I want everybody who's listening to this to write down one goal that they have. And starting tomorrow, I want you to take a step in chasing that goal. There's so much in life that we do where we have an idea, we have an aspiration, we have a goal, we have something we want to choose, uh, pursue. But so few of us take that first action. I am begging you, write down a goal, and tomorrow I want you to take action in pursuit of that goal. And I'd say that think about your life and where you are right now. And I want you to remember that everything you see out there online and that right is a highlight reel of some of the best things people have done. But that I don't want you to forget that all those people are human. They've all had failures that they've had to overcome and they've had to work hard to get where they are. And they're no different than you. They're just human. So if you, as Matt said earlier, stay consistent and on the path and work towards things that you are passionate about and enjoy, you will, with patience and consistency, you will get to where you want to be and probably even further. But you have to be willing to take that first step. Ooh, ooh, that's powerful. Hey, audience, y'all should be jumping all over that. <laughs> How can our audience connect with you guys? Because I want them to, to be able to see more of what you guys do and hear more what your message so where can they find you guys at? Thanks, James. Yeah, you can find us at mppresentations.com. And we are also all over social media. If you search the hashtag MP, the number two, and then day, MP2day. And then Phil, what about our social media handles, if you don't mind explaining? Yeah, anywhere we're on social media, just do at mppresentations and you'll find us. Otherwise, just uh, Google search MP presentations and we'll pop up obnoxiously everywhere. But we would be... <laughs> Happy to connect and support. We love doing keynote presentations to build confidence and promote positive mindset. And we love emceeing and just interacting with good people trying to change the world. So, James, this meant a great deal to us. We appreciate you not only inviting us, but allowing us the pleasure to be on your influential platform. And it's been truly a pleasure, man. Thank you, James. Well, I want to thank you guys for, for agreeing to be a part of of Ignite. Uh, the, that summit really did well. We really reached a lot of people, but you elevated the quality of it, the energy that you brought. This one was, you know, we got to find a way to reuse the content because I was looking at when I got through with it with the rest of the team, I was like, this is too good for just one week. We got to figure out how to do this in another way so that we can reach more people because there's, there's so much gold there. So I want to thank you for that. Thank so, you. And audience, if you want to connect with them, you know what to do. You go to the app, you look in the show notes, you'll find all their contact information there. If you're watching this on YouTube, you know the routine as well. You look straight down and you'll find their links there and you can connect with them there. If you have stayed with us for 40 minutes, you obviously have found some value in what we've been sharing. So please like and share and comment on this. The share is the most important thing because there's someone you know who needs to hear this message. There's someone, some 
young person that you know that needs to hear this, someone who's working with it, or a parent that needs this kind of guidance and inspiration. So please share this so that they can help and like and share and comment on this. Thank you guys again. Thank you, audience, for being with us. And we'll see you again next time on the Generation Youth Podcast. And there you have it. Another impactful episode of the Generation Youth Podcast. To all of our listeners out there, remember to hit that subscribe button on your preferred podcast platform so you can never miss an episode. Want to be a part of the Generation Youth community? Follow us on all of our social media platforms. We'll keep you connected with all of our upcoming episodes and inspiring initiatives. You're not just a listener here. You're a catalyst for change. Together, we're building a future filled with promise, potential, and endless possibilities. This journey is just starting, so keep tuning in, keep growing, and let's continue uplifting our youth one episode at a time. Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, let's keep sparking inspiration and igniting the future.